Hey book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation, there may be spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5. As usual, it's a hot mess in our recording (laughs) studio. (laughs) There'll probably be dogs barking. This is actually take two, because right after we got started before, they were all like... In the meantime, my neighbors are outside enjoying the lovely snowfall with their kiddos. and so. Are they making a snowman? That's what they, I mean, she said oh, to roll it over there. That's so cute. No, it's not. <laughs> Although our neighbors, their kid, they have three boys and they built a snowman and then they made the snowman a pine cone crown. And I was like, Aww. that's adorable. That's super cute. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if you can hear them chattering in the background, but. Uh, it's a lively, it's a lively Sunday. Yep. This is, this is a uh, living in a community, folks. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yes, it's uh you know this won't air until March, <laughs> <laughs> probably but won't be snowing. But it probably won't be snowing. But right now it's January and it is blowing up a storm out there. Yep. Which I don't mind. We went snowshoeing this weekend. It was awesome. Yeah, I wanted to do that, but my back is just so. Not oh, I'm okay, sorry. That like, sucks. Let's sit on the couch and watch Ozark nonstop. Have you seen that show? No. Holy balls! You should watch it. Okay. It is dark and creepy and jason bateman is really good in it (laughs) and then laura lenny oh yeah Mm -hmm. laura jenny lenny yeah Mm -hmm. kind of a strawberry blonde yeah she was harry potter's mom yeah yeah okay huh all right i haven't been really watching any tv i've just been reading like a crazy person so we could get all this recording (laughs) <laughs> I know. We're chilling it. Uh, we haven't even released episode one and we're already recording episode five. I know. We're badasses. Badass. Well, I mean, it's yeah. because we're badasses. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Might as well earn that E. Totally. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know it's just going to go on there. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, what so, are you uh, well, first I was going to talk about the genre. Oh, uh, well, well, it's not a genre. Right. Well, it is a genre. But it's not really. It is. Okay. I'm calling it foodie fiction. Foodie fiction. Foodie fiction. I wonder if Goodreads recognizes that. I don't know. They might. We'll have to check. But we'll come back to what foodie fiction is after we talk about what we're drinking and eating. Well, okay, what I'm eating. Um, more about that in a few minutes. <laughs> um, so in honor of our book, The Recipe Box, which is largely centered in an um, apple orchard in Michigan... I picked my tea from the Flagstaff Tea Company. That is the um, Pomme de Tome. I hope I said that right. I don't Cinnamon know. apple? Well, autumn, really. Autumn apple. Cinnamon. I know, but... <laughs> I just gave Corey squinty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at really perplexed trying to explain how, well... Uh, autumn means autumn in French, and pom means apple, so there's no cinnamon anywhere in that but title. But, like, fall and apple are usually right. cinnamon. Right. Well, I know, and it certainly does have both cinnamon <laughs> and chunks of apple. It's a black tea. Um, this was like, drinking it black. 
Um, yeah, like because... Like Corey's soul. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> because Kiri's crazy. I'll let her explain in a second why. And, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a really nice, simple black tea with some apple and cinnamon flavor. I would say, for me, the cinnamon kind of dominates the apple flavor. Yeah. Um, like, the apple pieces in it are beautiful, and I was really excited about that, but... Um, I don't taste that as much. When I took my first sip of this particular steep, uh, I, I did on the finish get kind of that, uh, apple-y-ness, mm. but mainly it tastes like a cinnamon black tea to me. Yeah. It's really good though. It is good. I really like cinnamon. And yeah. Tea. But I was thinking, how could you bring out the apple more? I don't know. I wanted to give Heather feedback. Apple essence, but that's not, that's really not good. No, that's not really. Yeah. Maybe like a white tea with cinnamon and apple. Ooh, Yeah. Maybe. Take note, Heather. Tea. I think green tea would be too. There are some green, green. teas, though, that are not green <laughs> that I like. Maybe. Like the mint ones, but I guess mint is a really strong flavor, so it's easy to cover up the green tea part. Yeah. Maybe. I say white tea. Anyways, Heather's like, I'm not changing my tea recipe, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the feedback on the air. Okay, bye. Um, all right, but it's good, and I think it fits well with uh, kind of the overall theme of the story. And then. I um, made my mama's fruit cobbler, um, which was delicious always. Um, I did a lot of engineering, so be be uh, proud of me, y'all, because we still don't have a working oven. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah. You need one from Santa. Um, well, we have a part on the way. Oh, okay. So maybe by the end of next week, we'll have a working oven. I would be dying if I were you. Yeah, that's fine. So I I split the recipe in half. So I had to do some math. That's always hard. Yeah. Um, especially when it's not like perfect math. Then I had to do some Googling um, of how to like actually measure out some of the measurements. Right. <laughs> and um, and then I made two small ones, which you'll see. Two, uh, we have these adorable little mini pie plates. And so I did each of them as individuals um, instead of one big one. And did it in the toaster oven. Hence, because I wanted to make less and I wanted to... Um, Make it so that it can fit in the toaster oven. Yeah. And it turned out pretty good. I was proud of myself. It smelled good. I mean, it's really one of those recipes that's impossible to screw up because it's like butter, flour, sugar, milk, and baking powder right. on top of fruit. Yeah. And, uh, but my mom has been making it forever. And um, so, little back history, and again, you'll see this in the picture. For the last three years, my mom had, well, so three years ago, my mom sent each of us a little black binder and um, with an array of recipes, um, kind of a combination of stuff that she's been making for years and then her favorites from the past year that she's been making. Mm. And then she's been doing that for the last two years. That's cool. Um, so I, I don't know if mom's listening to this. Um, I've been really terrible actually about using it. Like I've gotten it. And I'm like, Ooh, that sounds good. Ooh, that sounds good. And then it kind of gets shoved aside. So when I got the envelope this winter with the new recipes, I was like, okay, goal for 2019, we are going to cook our way through this darn thing yeah. and actually enjoy the rest of my mama's recipes. So the cobbler recipe, of course, was in there. I think that within the first year, of course, of yeah. recipes, because it's like a classic. She's been making it for probably 30 years. Mm. But as I was getting ready to make it today, I was like, I think I actually have a recipe card um, in my recipe box that she wrote out. And sure enough, um, do. I do. So I have it twice and I have it also in her handwriting. Um, so that makes it extra special too. Yeah. Oh, look at that date, July 2008. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so this one, I had some red raspberries in the fridge and some blueberries in the freezer and I just threw them in the bottom of the pan. 
mixed up the batter, threw it on there. It took me all of like 10 minutes. Easy peasy. It's so easy. That's what I like about crisps and things. It's mm -hmm. like you just put the fruit in, you make it the topping, and you bake it. That's all you got to do. Yep. And I totally ate one whole mini cobbler by myself five minutes after Curie took our pictures. So that's how good it is. Yep. Thanks, Mom. She ate it quickly. Yes, because Curie wasn't eating any because... Because Curie's doing the January Whole 30. <laughs> Which is having multiple layers of, of, of complications in our recording it's process. True. yeah. Mm -hmm. no, no, no milk in her tea. No milk in my tea, no sugar, no dairy, no carbs, no flour, no grains, no legumes, no, no, no sugar, no. basically eating paleo, but even stricter than paleo, but it's good because it, I already feel better. It's like day six and I can already feel like the difference mm. in my body. So it's a good reset and yeah. it's nice that it's in January because everybody indulges from October to December and the whole community is like millions of people are doing January Whole30 and so mm -hmm. like you can go on social media and see everybody's crazy posts it's awesome see I try to not overindulge so that I can just kind of keep moving forward at my normal pacing <laughs> yeah I don't have that ability I'm an <laughs> overindulger like mm. to the extreme yep like I'll eat a whole box of Pepsi's candy in a day holy cow yeah get it girl I know yeah, which is I. Why I'm out of my clothes fit, which uh, is why I'm doing whole thirty. There you go, <laughs> man. The one time I, well, I didn't do whole. I essentially did whole thirty. I did an even more strict version that was for um, removing. I also removed anything that might cause inflammatory inflammatoryness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a word, but I just we're gonna use it. And I was just hungry all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, I just was like, I would eat like a gigantic salad, and then I'd be hungry like twenty minutes later, and I'd be like. Yeah, you gotta eat that fat. You gotta put like two avocados in your salad. Oh, I was. I was eating like two avocados a day and olives and uh, protein. And I mean, I just, it didn't work for me. I didn't feel better. Yeah. I really didn't. I was, I needed, I needed some, not necessarily sugar, but I needed some carbs in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it, it, it kind of taught us a couple of things. Like, we did some lettuce wrapped hamburgers, mm -hmm. which, I will be honest, in the past, I've always been like... Eye roll, yeah. Yeah, eye roll face. And as we were eating them, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of tasty mm -hmm. and refreshing. And there's no bun, like, squishing out all over the place. Right. So we sometimes will still do that. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, I and I'm, I'm really big on... I don't like any type of recipe that wants you to pretend something is what it's not. Oh, like zoodles? That, so, yes and no. So, fake meat, thumbs down. Well, it's filled with MSG. Nobody should be eating that shit anyway. Well, right. But, um, like, so the example that I was going to use is cauliflower rice. And what Robert and I can concluded is we're like, this does not remind us of rice at all. But as a side, like, as an alternate to rice, mm -hmm. sure, no problem. We could yeah. do this every once in a while. So, I don't know. I think it's those people that are, like, feel like they have to fool themselves right. with fake alternatives to the real thing. I just feel like that seems very dissatisfying over long term. Whereas, if you can be like, oh, I actually kind of eat, like, eating a lettuce-wrapped hamburger um, every year so often instead of a, a hamburger on a bun or... Right. Let's do cauliflower on this, shredded on the side as yeah. one of our sides. We had, I made cauliflower beef fried rice. Ooh. Like 
rice because it's called cauliflower rice. But oh, I no. see. Oh, got it. And it was so good. Yeah, and I'm sure that was so good. good. And I you have to get it crispy. Yeah. Like, you mm -hmm. have to fry it good. You mm -hmm. can't have it be mushy. Mm -hmm. It has to be a little yeah. burnt for it to yep. taste. Because I hate cauliflower. <laughs> but if you burn it enough and then you add <laughs> other things to it, it's really good. <laughs> You basically so. nuke it out of all of its nutrition and value. There you go. And then it tastes like fried something. There you go. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's making so. me hungry. <laughs> um, but yeah, that sounds good. But I would, you know, and I would be okay with calling it right. fried rice. But at the same time, I'd be like, yeah, resistant rice. <laughs> yeah. True. It's very so. true. Anywho. Long digression. Yeah. But, um, We're talking about food. We yeah. love food. So I, yeah, I ate a whole cobbler. Curie was disciplined and ate none. Um, but luckily with our next book, we're going to go savory. It's mm -hmm. Curie's turn to cook. And I'm going to cook something Whole30 approved. Hey. You might eat the whole thing, but it's hey. fine. And you'll have to come up with a good tea for it. Hmm. Maybe you should do an iced tea. Ooh, or a maple tea with the bacon? Maybe. All right. Well, it's up we'll to you. See. Yeah. We'll Curie will out. have to work on it. Yeah. So. All right. So book time. I, I think I think so. Oh, genre. Oh, right. We really digressed. We did. <laughs> Circling back around <laughs> to foodie fiction. <laughs> um, so I guess kind of inadvertently, one of the things that you might be picking up that we did this, not inadvertently, but it's kind of driving the overall framework of what we're talking about is we each picked, what, three genres? Yeah. So this time we didn't leave it to the fates, long and short. <laughs> we, we, we each got to pick three genres and then we kind of mixed them up. Well, Curie, I don't know. She did mix them up, I think. I don't even know. I did. I did okay. every other person. Oh, look. Yeah. Good, 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 yeah. good, good. See, I, I knew I could count on you <laughs> to, to work on those details. I'm like, I don't know how she set it up. Uh, and so foodie fiction was one of mine. And Curie's like, what do you mean? Well, I think I said books about food. I said, I think, but I, and then she's like, and she was like, like memoirs. And I'm like, no, like fiction. And she was like, huh. And I was like, oh, there's tons out there. You will find some. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess, you know, I certainly love reading about food in general. I will just sit and read a cookbook. Um, I like foodie memoirs. Right. Um, I like blogs, you know, all of that stuff. And I have read a few books that have been kind of food centric in the past. And I usually find them fun, even if the book isn't the greatest. There's something about like the food theme mm -hmm. being woven into it that kind of lifts it up a little bit for yeah. me. Um, so I did have a couple like, have you ever read Soy Sauce for Beginners? No. Super fun. It's about a woman who goes back to China. For if it's Japan or China, that sounds really marginalizing. But uh, anyways, her family runs an artisanal uh, soy sauce company. Mm. Um, so that one's kind of fun. I think you can get it really cheap on Amazon. Okay. Oh, PSI killed my Kindle. Oh, no. Yeah, more about that later. I just bought I had to buy a new one. Mm. Yep. Thanks to tea, ironically. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> Fucker. Um, let's see here. The tea um, killed the books. I love, of course, Sweet Bitter. We've talked about that one before. Yep. We read that for a book club or did we read that for podcast? We read it for the podcast. podcast we did read yeah. it for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the School of Essential Ingredients. Have you read that one? No. See, I think you might like that one too. It's about like this group of kind of oddball misfits that come together to 
um, take cooking classes at a little restaurant. Ooh, and, cool. Yeah, and it's like all their backstories and them becoming friends and getting to know each other and nice. they're cooking together. I wish we had a place like that that you could go to. That would be fun. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then I really love, I don't know, Last Days of Cafe Layla. Have you no. read that? Mm-hmm. I have that one if you want to borrow it. Okay. But it's, um, it is set in, shoot, Iraq? No, Iran. Iran. Well, it kind of goes, it starts in San Francisco. A uh, woman has a breakup with her husband. She's been living in the United States. Her and her brother moved to the United States when um, Iran went through their civil war, like back in the 80s, and they've never been home. Mm. And so she goes through a nasty breakup and retreats back to home for the first time in like 20 years. Oh, nice. And so it kind of tells like the story of her family and this restaurant that they've owned forever. And so you like learn the backstory of her parents and then you learn her backstory and oh, then, cool. and then it's moving forward and, um, all set with all this really yummy Middle Eastern sounding food. And cool. it's a really good book too. Yeah. So those are some other ones that I've really enjoyed in the past, but I wanted to read something new, so I didn't clearly pick any of those. Yeah. But how about you? Have you, did you, have you read, when I said books that include food, did you come, did you have anything like, oh yeah, like I've read blah, blah, blah. Well, I read the Jane one that you sent me on very first podcasting of Oh, she that's Cooks. right. Uh-huh. We read Sweet Bitter. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I can't think of any foodie-type books that I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't you read uh, Magical Realism Girl set in the Southeast, like, set in, like, North Carolina? What's her name? Sarah Addison Allen or something like that? The Sugar Queen? Or... Oh, yes, 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 yes. I've read most of all of her books. So those have usually so like a food the, element. Yeah, they all, yeah, because she's a, her quote-unquote magic is cooking foods to make people feel certain ways. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but that to me is like so far, like... See, that would fall into the foodie fiction. It's true, but it also falls under, like, magical realism. Well, books can be more than one genre. I know, but I wouldn't pick it as foodie. Mm. But see, I there's more about it than the food. Well, but I would say with both books we've read, there was more about it than just the food. That's true. The food is just a vehicle, a framework for... Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if it was just about the food, that would be, like ridiculously boring yeah that would be a cookbook or a memoir which Corey apparently loves to read so are you judging me that's slightly yes you don't sit around and just read recipes and no. really yeah see that just shocks me i would assume as much as you love food and cooking that you would enjoy reading food blogs and cookbooks and... no <laughs> don't like it <laughs> I'm now wearing my I'm now wearing my perplexed and <laughs> confused look for the listeners. Oh man. I guess layers. We continue getting to know each other. Yeah. <laughs> time after it's like time. An onion. You slowly peel back the layers. Okay. Well, I'm just judging to smooth my head off. <laughs> Wait, did I say that out loud? Okay. I feel like I just make up too many recipes to really want to read other people's recipes. Oh, see, I don't make up recipes. Oh, yeah, I can't. Oh, God. I get too bored, and so then I'm like, what do I have in the refrigerator, and <laughs> what can I all throw into one pot that'll be less than 30 minutes? See, that stresses me out. Oh, yeah. 
Now, Robert cooks that way. Yeah. But I am a recipe follower. Chris is that way, which makes it really hard because I do most of the cooking because mm-hmm. he doesn't, like, want to do the research to find the recipes. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> so here's how it actually works in our household <laughs> is I do the research, I find the recipes, and then I hand them over to Robert, and then he bobifies them, as we say. Yeah, I think I might start doing that for, like, because <laughs> I have to start work on Monday, and uh-huh. I'm not going to cook every uh-huh. day, and I've been cooking every day since I've been off. So I think it might just be, like recipe this is the recipe we're cooking and it's your turn to cook yeah. or i'm well, going to be like i'll cook monday wednesdays yeah and <laughs> well, yeah. that's my contribution <laughs> so yeah well we're still figuring out eight years later i'm still we still have the same argument about it. i um, feel like i cook all the time yeah robert does most of the cooking but he likes so that here's the weird thing is i like to cook but i i have to it, if I'm tired, like I don't like it very quickly can be a chore for me. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like making the cobbler today was fun. I was planning on it right. and I knew it was going to happen. I also knew what it's doing, but like trying to like throw something together from random crap in our refrigerator. So out of my wheelhouse, like that's always going to be Robert's responsibility right. and he can do some pretty impressive stuff. I'm yeah. like, wow, you put that together out of what we had in the pantry and in the refrigerator. Right. And it actually tastes good. Huh? Yeah. But yeah, like for me, cooking is more of a, I guess I like, I want to, I like the process of following a recipe. Mm. I like having directions and like, I have, I like being like, this is what you're going to get. And right. then following directions and then ta-da. Yeah. Um, like I like the satisfaction out of being told what to do. That's how I feel about bread making. Okay. Like I don't kick around with bread recipes or mm-hmm. baked goods really. I oh, yeah. mean, I add my own flavors in there if I think the recipe is too Mm -hmm. boring, but like bread baking, it's just like, here's all of your ingredients, mix it together, rest, knead, rest, (laughs) knead again, proof, put it Mm -hmm. in the oven, bread. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I do, which drives Robert bonkers... (laughs) True confession times about cooking and food, right? Is so I'm notorious for reading the title of a recipe, reading the description, skimming the ingredient list, and going, that sounds good, and stopping there. I don't actually read any of the instructions. And so then Robert gets the recipe, and he's like, did you actually, like, read what I'm supposed to do here? And I'm like, um... No. No, I just thought that combination of ingredients would go together really well. Five hours later. He's like, God, I hate you. (laughs) So I have tried to be a little bit better about skimming the actual ingredients, Mm. uh, I mean, the instructions, and not just the ingredient list, so that I can prepare him for like yeah how much time it's going to take and make sure that i'm not giving him something uber complicated right um but again anymore he's just kind of takes it in his leg oh okay i'm gonna use this as inspiration that's a nice idea and i'm gonna do this instead right so and then i can't really say anything because i'm not cooking so right yeah anyways anyway food food recipes recipes the recipe box (gasps) do you like that segue by viola shipman (laughs) yep you're welcome so this book follows the Mullins family, uh, multiple generation, three gen, three generations well, are I guess living, if, but it goes back like four or five. Yeah, well, and it goes forward too, which was a little annoying, but I mean, yeah, it was like eight generations, like really. And so it follows. Um, <laughs> but you're right. The primary, like the in primary the now, is three. it's three. Yeah, and it's yeah. grandma. I love Willow. Mom. 
who really wasn't in it that much. No, and then Sam, who's the daughter and the granddaughter. And kind of like the main person. Yeah, it follows her life around if she grew up on an apple orchard farm and made pies and cider and helped people like their farm is like famous. You pick it. Yeah. Farm. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't want to be that girl from that family. She wants to like go to New York and be trying to become a chef and work with other fancy chefs and like have her name known. And then that all comes crumbling down and she, she goes back, back to, to Michigan. the farm yep. where she like does some self discovery. I would suppose, I would guess maybe some family discovery of like the mm -hmm. secrets between their recipe boxes. And mm -hmm. she has a love interest that comes to Michigan and sees her. And it's just a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, but what's really cool is that each section has a recipe at the end mm -hmm. of this chapter. So they'll be like, Oh, my great, great grandmother's apple crisp or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then there's actually the recipe in, at the end of that section that's like yeah so each section has um a cooking session yeah and you experience they're like mm, this, is, this is so good and then you can make it if you so choose let's see there's family apple crisp peach blueberry slab pie apple cider donuts cherry chip cake Ooh. triple berry galette that was kind of my cookies, nod Ice cream sandwiches with Ozark's maple spice chocolate chip cherry chunk cookies. Jeez. Aunt Eleanor's two crust pastry, strawberry shortcakes, rhubarb sour cream coffee cake with cinnamon streusel, apple and cherry turnovers, and pumpkin bars with cream cheese frosting. So if you were going to make just one recipe out of there, which one would you make? Ooh, I mean, I am such an apple crisp lover mm. all the time. Like, I think I might take this into work and make copies of the recipes. Ooh, if you do that, will you make me some too? Yeah. I think the peach blueberry slab pie sounds good. I'm kind of intrigued by that because I yeah. was like reading her description. Because in her author notes, she talks about where each of the recipes came from, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. Because some were actual family recipes. Yeah. Um, some were, well, I guess they were all kind of family recipes, but she did borrow with permission of course some of them from other people yeah and um, triple berry galette that sounds good i just love galettes They're yeah like easy and delicious <laughs> well and that was kind of the inspiration for the cobbler that's yeah. why i went with the with the two berries um but yeah i i kind of was really t i went back and forth because part of me was like i should <laughs> we're reading a book that has recipes in it I right. should make something from I, know. Yeah. I yeah. should make something from it I was it. wondering if you were going to and then you know as I was saying earlier I think I uh, it, you know the timing of kind of really reflecting on using this really lovely gift from my mom of mm -hmm. all these recipes and it goes back to like this book yeah it was kind of an, down yeah generation yeah. Generation. yeah so I I, I I went in the opposite direction I was like I'm going to share one of my family's recipes right. and I figured if people want to you know, check this book out. They can certainly try the recipes in there. Yeah, I mean, um, the book... <sighs> I So I liked it. I, you're so funny. You're like, it's too many words. You know, you know, books are made up of words, right? <laughs> I know, but, like, don't you think that it could have been cut in half, maybe, with, like, no. the frivolous bullshit that was happening? <sighs> so... Like, let's have Sam throw a tantrum for the fifth time about being back at the apple farm and being like, I don't want to be this person. Like, yeah. cut it. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I, Sam's drama. Okay. So Sam's storyline. Yeah. Sam's storyline was actually ironically my least favorite. Yeah. She's annoying. She's like a privileged white girl. That's like, oh, I'll just go to New York <laughs> and like live for a while and work with these famous people that are dicks and then be like, you know what? F you. And then go back home. Yeah. And basically inherit a million dollar farm. That's still going to be a he- heck of a lot of work. I know, but still like, you're never going to have to like suffer. Well, okay, well, maybe not never, <laughs> but like the established, like, the a other, lot the, could happen. Though, I like, know. Like, remember, like one of the flashbacks, didn't they? They lost all the apples, mm-hmm. uh, but they they saved a lot of the apples so that if that happens, which I think all farmers do, of like, yeah, frost could come and nip all of the apples. Well, sure, but which that's is what happened. Yeah, well, and that's kind of the risk with farming. But you know, and yes, I mean, and that was I think that was one of the big themes about from the book was reinvention and perseverance through right. adversity. I mean, that was kind of, I mean, they were kind of hitting you over the head with it all the time, all the time Every chapter. I mean, but that was kind of the point because, you know, whether we think her adversity was trivial, that was what was going on with Sam. She was going, I guess, probably through her quarter life crisis would be my guess. She's probably what? 24, 25. Annoying. We just haven't been there for a while. We, uh, We've all been there where we're like, what am I going to do with my life? I don't think I've ever been there. Oh, come on. You've never been like, what should I be doing with my life? Am I making the right decision? Next decision for, am I enjoying what I'm doing? Is this good? Is this what I want to do? Well, sure. I ask those questions, but like my, I always have made the decision and then it's like the decision that I've made and I stick it out. Well, until something else comes along. Well, and that's kind of her story. No, she threw a tantrum. She didn't throw a tantrum. She threw a tantrum. When did she throw a tantrum? At the oogly eyes. What is his name? Oh, she didn't throw a tantrum. She just said, I quit and left. That was not a tantrum. But it was like drama. It was like a tantrum drama. Like, I'm just going to show up at my family's house and not talk to any of them or tell them why I'm here and be like mopey dopey like I have been raped or something. So I guess 25 year olds do do that. Well, and... I just found it annoying. Okay. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. But if you... Okay, let me reframe it. If <laughs> if you thought you had your dream job and you were unhappy, and then you quit your... What you now know is no longer your dream job, and you're at this crossroads, and you're like, what the heck should I do next? You're gonna be a little mopey and, and angsty at any age. You're gonna have self-doubt. You, you know, you're gonna be reluctant. Like... I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to like, like, I thought she was annoying, but I'm, I guess I'm, I'm also kind of playing devil's advocate and being like, I think that's realistic. Like, I think she was anxious and wasn't sure if she wanted feedback from her family on the decision that she just made. She wasn't sure what she was going to do next. She didn't know if she liked this guy. Should she go back to New York? Should she stay in Michigan? I mean, that was a lot to be like processing. Like that I think would make anyone angsty. I suppose so. I just didn't think, I think that was a realistic reaction, like what was going on with her, but it sounds like, and and I'm owning that I didn't have always the most patience with her arc of trying to figure her crap out. Yeah. But I I think we all knew if she was going to end up at the fucking apple farm. Okay. Well, and maybe, and maybe that's it. Maybe we kind of knew from the beginning that she was going to end up back at the farm. And so, you know, going back to New York and, and interviewing for that second job is kind of like stupid. It was a waste of time. So, but, but at the same time, I mean, I think that's the big conflict there is that 
her dream had been to move to New York and be a pastry chef. Right. And so trying to decide between does she have a new dream? Like, is moving back to the family farm and being that person, is that okay? Is she giving up on that dream to be in New York? Or is did she live that dream and realize, okay, that's not for me. I'm going to put that experience memory on the shelf and now it's time for the next thing. That's a lot to, like, unpack and make a decision. I mean... I've made some pretty dramatic, like, career transitions, so I guess I can relate to, like, that's kind of scary, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not convinced. I just feel like, I think I knew that she was going to end up on the apple farm, so it was, like, all frivolous bullshit. Like, her meeting her ex-boyfriend and apologizing, like, what the hell did that contribute to the story? Nothing. Other than no that... No 25-year-old is going to be like... Oh, my really hot ex-boyfriend is standing on a boat and I'm going to swim over there with this new dude that I might be dating and be like, sorry, bro, and then swim back. Except she clearly had unresolved issues. So that was, I mean, was that we story... We all have unresolved issues. That doesn't mean we search people out to be like, sorry, bro. Well, but he was right there. So she like, yeah. I think it was still stupid. It was like two pages. So, Too many words. All right. Cut so, it out. So clearly... Kiri I gave it was, a three. Curious was not invested in Sam's journey of self-discovery. Yeah, I think... I don't know. So what did you like about the book? I liked the recipes. Okay. I liked the act of them all baking together. Uh-huh. And her grandma, Willow, teaching him how to bake. Oh, that was sweet. Right? It yeah. It was adorable. I liked everything about the baking part and all the other frivolous drama I did not like. That's so funny because I feel like you like to read... Drama books? Yeah, you like to read kind of formulaic, like, period romances <laughs> where you know how it's going to end. And no, period romances sometimes do not end how you think that they would end. But like, I... There is usually always a wrench that is thrown in there that I never see coming. That I'm like, holy shit, he died? <laughs> but I feel like you read books with this kind of predictable formula quite a bit. <laughs> so I'm really shocked that I you had no like patience for <laughs> I don't feel like I do at all, but maybe I do. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Pixie's a uh, fussing. Um, we might let her in just so that we can have her shut the heck up. Um, so I... What but, did you like about the book, Corey? I love the setting. I wanted to like get online and book a couple of airline tickets to um, Upper Michigan, Mich Upper Michigan mm -hmm. <laughs> in the summer and be a cliche tourist there. You should do it in the fall when you can apple pick. Yeah, like, before school starts. Yeah, I can never vacation in the fall. That's just not. That's a no go. Right. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> uh, Pixie is acting like she's not seen Kiri in the last, like, five minutes. Decades. Oh, here comes Decades. dog number two. Welcome to our world. <laughs> Anyways, um, I know I listen to other podcasts where people talk about their dogs being right there and making noises, so I'm okay with it. Moving on. Don't like me. Yep. So I loved the... I thought it was really atmospheric. Like, I really wanted to, like, plan a trip to Michigan. Yeah. Um, I also love the recipes, and I like the family history bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe if it had been a little... Well, and really, I mean, it, it, in some ways, I think it was pretty balanced. I mean, it would kind of alternate between present and past. And, yeah. There you was know, always, like, a lesson. 
Yeah. It was like, oh, you're suffering from this? Let me tell you back when my grandma had to deal with not having apples. Yes. It yeah. was definitely like, there, you it, think your drama is intense? Let's talk about when the apples didn't come for a whole year or whatever. Right. There's a lot of like one-upping of the... I don't know oh, if it was you one think your life is shit. Let me tell you. <laughs> I don't think it was When one. I had to walk 50 miles in the snow and, and it I was, was five years old. And it was both ways. I didn't have snowshoes and all I had was a stupid apple to eat. Oh my God. Anyway, um, now I'm dramatizing things. Yes. But I did, like I've said that I thought some of the themes, beyond the things we're talking about, you know, just the theme of family. Yeah. And um, I thought it was interesting because it had both this theme of following your dreams, but also knowing when to compromise. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting kind of blend because you, a lot of times if you're like, I'm going to follow my dreams no matter what, right. you're not wanting to compromise. Yeah. Um, and I loved Willow the grandma. Yeah, she and was pretty groovy. I went back through and I, I found, <laughs> well, and it's kind of funny because you were just talking about the lessons and I um, I wrote down three quotes. Three? Are they all from Willow? They're all from Willow. Nice. Yeah. Which was totally unintentional until I wrote them down. So let me see if you, what you think of them. Okay. All right. Um, sometimes that applies. You're going to like this one actually based on what we were talking about earlier. Okay. I'm going to start over. Um, sometimes that applies to life too. You think you need to live as precisely and as detailed as we often bake, but sometimes you just have to eyeball it, follow your gut change the recipe or ingredient or direction because you know it will turn out better yeah i was like oh that's a good one that was so good mm -hmm. oh willow <laughs> oh willow um and then sunsets are one of our simplest and most profound gifts they remind us that we were blessed to have enjoyed a perfect day and provide hope that tomorrow will be even better that's a nice one and i do like watching sunsets so that yeah. was and we have good ones here we do and then the last one, the only constant in life is change, yeah. which I guess actually wasn't a Willow quote. That was no, um, um, her husband's, who's Thomas. Um, yeah. Whatever his name is. Her, her, yeah. That when she meets him at the lighthouse and right. she's engaged. And, but that's not like, what, who wrote, who did that quote? Buddha? Oh, is that a? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It goes way back. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but nice try. <laughs> uh, but I liked all three of those. Like, it, you know, I, I thought I, they kind of appealed to the optimist in me and also just the, again, being open to change, um, being flexible, yeah. letting, being prepared to go where life wants to take you, which is hard sometimes. It is, yeah. You know, um, change is scary. Question. Yeah. So... When it comes to recipes, mm -hmm. do you, when you share a recipe that you like created or your mom created or somebody's created that you love, do you share that recipe exactly how it is with somebody else or do you leave out an ingredient? Oh, I would never leave out an ingredient. Really? I think food and recipes are meant to be shared. I mean, there's nothing that I... I mean, if someone is like, oh my gosh, I love that. That is so great. Can I have it? It seems mean to then give them a recipe that is not, that they can't recreate that same experience. Kiri apparently falls off. <laughs> you don't see the look on her face. She's looking really uncomfortable right now. I mean, I guess, honestly, if it was a recipe that I feel like it was like something I created or it's a family recipe that I didn't want someone, that I didn't want to share, I would just say that. I would just say, well, I'm so glad you love that, and I will make it again for you another time, but it's a recipe that I can't share with you. Oh. Hmm. 
I, I feel like that's fa more fair than being like, here's what I made. He, he, he. Actually, no, it's not. You're never going to be able to recreate what but I no, made. No, I mean, sometimes the ingredient is so minor that you can't tell that it's missing. So, for example, I, I mean, I definitely leave out an ingredient when I give somebody a recipe. Like, mm. there will always be something left out because I want not only to keep my recipe kind of secret and have that be a memorable experience, but it also leaves it up to the person receiving the recipe to figure out how they can make it their own way. So do you tell them that you're leaving on an ingredient? Usually, yeah. Okay, well that's different. Like, for example, my scones that I make, uh -huh. there's lemon juice in them. Mm. But not enough to where you could tell if you leave it out. Mm -hmm. But it's the one ingredient that I don't put in Mm -hmm. to the recipe when I share it with people. Well, now I know. Or my apple crisp. Mm -hmm. Like, my apple crisp is orgasmic. <laughs> I don't think I've so had your good. apple crisp. You're going to have to make apple crisp for one of our it episodes. delicious. Okay. Like, I could eat a whole All right. thing of it. Well, then I'm requesting that for when it makes... breakfast, lunch, and dinner. When it makes sense, I'm wanting you to make apple crisp. After January. Before. Well, I know. <laughs> and when we post the recipe, you can leave out your secret ingredient, and we'll just let people know that. Or are we posting recipes? I thought we were. That was... Oh, okay. Oh. Let's talk that offline. Okay. <laughs> I've only done one, right? No, I've done two. I've done banana bread and the... Charlotka. Charlotka. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Which has had apples in it. Yeah. Apple farm. There we go. Whatever. Apple, apple, apples. Yeah, so good. Um... I had a question. Oh, I already asked it. Which recipe do you want to try? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Peach so. and blueberry slab pie. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I mean, I wrote down that I agree with you. I thought it was a little predictable. The ending was okay. I don't know that the last bit was, oh, the was, ending was, was needed. Stupid. I mean, I get why it was included to show that they lived happily ever after with multiple new generations. We've had quite a life, haven't we? He asked. No regrets. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, was it my favorite book? No. If you're looking for something kind of light and fun that uh, has some good food themes that makes you want to visit Michigan, then yeah, read it. I think it's true, though. So this line by Angela, who's the lover boy of Sam... She, she makes him an apple crisp because that's his favorite. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I think this is, this apple crisp is your best ever. Hmm. And I make apple crisp like once a month usually. Oh, wow. And Chris is always like, I think this is the best one yet. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I mean, sometimes it fails horribly. Like sometimes I don't add enough butter or baking powder, but most of the time it's the same. Mm-hmm. Now I really want apple crisp. Fuck. You a few more weeks. <laughs> You're like one six. I'm not even one week in. Twenty two more days or something. Something like that. It's yeah. today's the sixth, so I guess you actually have twenty eight more days. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not good math. No, that's not right. Twenty two. Twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four more okay. days. Okay, we can do math. Pixie. Are you combing my hair? 
She is just so intense. I mean, that dog doesn't do anything with half effort. <laughs> it's zero or 150. It's kind of like me. Maybe that's why she likes me so much. Probably. I either love it or I hate it. There's never an in-between. That's true. Well, and it is funny that I, like, even though I'm admitting that I was not, like, bowled over by the book, I, like, argued with you for, like, 10 <laughs> no, minutes. No, you always do. You always do that. It's like, so I'm going to say that I didn't like the book, but <laughs> don't you think? And I'm like, you just said you don't like it either. It's the harmony in me. I, You know, I, I just... my yin to my yang. I, I, I feel like I have to make sure that we share both sides <laughs> fairly equally. I just don't ever see the other side. Like, if I love it, I don't see how anybody could hate it. If mm. I hate it, I don't see how anybody could love it. And see, I'm such a fence-sitter, I can always see both oh, sides. Yeah. I I think that's my blessing and my curse. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I'm, you know, like, if it's a debate, I'm, like, screwed. Because I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Ooh, but that's a good point. Right. Oh, no, but that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't know what I believe. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Good times. Good times. Well, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Nope. Okay. Well, next time we are reading, oh no, Kitchens of the Great Midwest. Midwest, And I have no idea who the author is, but we'll put it in the show notes. Um, So we kind of have a Midwest theme going with our uh, foodie books too. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, I'm sure we will have uh, very distinct and diverse opinions on that one too, based (laughs) on the few little comments we have made to each other. So stay tuned. Have a great week. Weeks, yep. Whatever. Weeks. Two weeks. Week yeah. Anyways, take okay. care. Bye. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 